to the last Mumbrella Cast Upfront special for 2023. I'm Calum Jaspin, and over the course of this series, we have presented extended conversations with executives from some of Australia's largest media companies in standalone issues to make it easier for you, the listeners, to go back and revisit when needed. For this last edition, I spoke with SBS's James Taylor and Tanya Denning Orman. Just a heads up, there was a slight technical issue with the sound recording on this one, so the quality isn't quite up to the usual standard, but the content of the conversation itself was great. So let's not wait around any longer. Here is that interview now. SPS Managing Director James Taylor and Tanya Denning-Orman, Director of Indigenous Content. Welcome to the podcast. G'day, Callum. It's great to be here with you. Hi, welcome to everybody. <laughs> great to have you both here and great to see you. Um, so SBS held its Sydney Upfront event on Wednesday this week and we're now recording on Friday of the same week and you're both down in Melbourne for the uh, the local event here. Among some of the big announcements was a number of original commissions and new programming, a new ad buying platform, SBS Connect a rebrand of the radio division to SBS Audio and another rebrand of the brand partnerships team to SBS Cultural Connect and also some pretty impressive growth numbers for NITV and First Nations Media. Um, the reception has been very good so far. It's, it's. I guess we have the benefit of recording afterwards and being able to say that with this one. Um, James, it would be interesting to start with you if you could just tell us a little bit about why SPS's Upfront has, I guess, become so much more important to it over recent years? Well, it's it's a really fantastic opportunity to connect with the market and, and share our plans for the year ahead. I was so grateful to, to the, the great many people that filled the room in Sydney, and I'm looking forward to, to engaging with the Melbourne market today. I think, I think it's because of the strength of the offer and our unique and differentiated place in the market, Callum. You know, we, we enter next year with the best and largest content slate in our history, and in particular, more Australian content than ever before, and in more than 60 languages. And SBS has never been stronger, and I think there's an acknowledgement in the market in the commentary I've seen. Uh, we, uh, we, are, we are very proud of the fact that the Australia you see when you walk out your door each morning is what you see in everything we do at SBS. Contemporary Australia really shines through our stories, and through our storytellers. And Tanya, it was kind of, um, I guess, you, you know, James, you you used the word contemporary there, and I think that was in your, your speech that you said the other day, James, you talk about SBS being this embodiment of contemporary Australia. Tanya, in your kind of view, do you think it's a case of that Australian culture has, I guess, shifted over the recent years to become more in line with what SBS has been consistently putting out? Or is it a case of, you know, SBS trying to cater more and more increasingly to what Australian culture is turning into? I've definitely seen a shift. I've seen the changes and you've, you know, you've seen the responses have also changed within this time. So I think we're, you know, we've been always ahead of the game as um, it's in our DNA. Um, to deliver this, we've had many decades as as NITV um, to 
be a channel for and about First Nations people and then the greater multicultural broadcast. So we've been set up to deliver this, but it's been incredible to finally see um, others catching up, so to speak, and, um, you know, also seeing and taking our leadership as a media broadcaster and an organisation in general. So there's definitely been a shift. There's been a lot more interest in our style of content, our perspectives, and you can tell that by the increasing audience. You can also see that with um, in interest by the big brands wanting to invest with us. So I think it's a bit of a two-way street. We've always been in this place, but it's actually for me as a First Nations woman, it's incredible to see the shift with other media catching up to us. And James, you sort of talk about um, SBS coming out so bullish this year, and this is off the back of some pretty impressive numbers in the annual report. I think it was um, $133.9 million from advertising and sponsorship, um, and that's sort of feeding into you know some of these really big commissions that we're seeing. It would be interesting as a sort of traditionally the public service broadcaster now sort of that hybrid in a little sense, how you sort of see SBS taking up its market position now, positioning itself away from those other four sort of traditional networks? Yeah, and, and it's, it's a great question, Calvin. And of course, you know, about 70% of our money comes from the Australian public and the remaining 30% from commercial partners. And, and one of the things I mentioned in Sydney was that SBS will enter next year with its highest total revenue in its history a number of other highs too, the best digital user experience and, uh, and the highest volume of content ever. I think all Australians should be, should be proud and pleased that SBS is successful because we exist to be differentiated. We exist to create a sense of belonging for all Australians. Now, SBS really is an embodiment of Australia, Callum. It's home to the world's oldest continuing culture and to people from all over the globe. And what connects us all is a desire to feel connected to one another, to feel a sense of belonging, to be acknowledged, to be welcomed. And I think the fact that both governments and commercial partners alike are seeing value in our premium differentiated offer speaks to the, the important role we can play in, the, in Australian society. I'm very proud of that and very pleased that there's an acknowledgement that there's a valuable space for us which is a space not occupied by our commercial competitors who have important work to do themselves. Yeah, and, and I guess we'll touch on some of the stuff you mentioned there um, in due course. But, you know, there has been, I guess, a traditional view of what SBS offers. And now you are, you know, as we've mentioned with the impressive figures, really expanding and, and you know, mentioned some of the, the local commissions and productions coming in 2023. We've got um, an Australian version of the very popular Alone, um, safe home while the men are away, erotic stories, plus I guess that massive back catalogue of, of studio deals, which you kind of see on that that big slide. Um, will this, is this going to be an every year thing now, James? Are we, is it just going to be going from, I guess, some um, strength to strength in terms of new commissions and original content? Well, Callum, only the, only the paranoid survive, mate. But I, I think uh, what you're seeing is is more success from a consistently held strategy. You know, we, we've always held the view that we needed to be hyper-differentiated from the market. We've always held the view, we've always offered a premium content offer. We we now, as we, as, as digital becomes normalised and as at scale, we, we proudly provide a world-class digital user experience 
and in, in terms of the way in which both audiences and advertisers find value in our offer, uh, it's a low clutter, low miniature offer. And, and those things have always been true about SBS. But of course, with more money, noting that 100% of the money we make gets reinvested in more content and better experiences for users and advertisers alike, what we're seeing here is, is our offer finding momentum because there's an acknowledgement, I think, amongst all Australians that, that the diversity and the difference we see in Australia is a source of, of social and economic wealth for the nation, which needs to be harnessed. And SBS has for 47 years occupied that part of the market. It's really lovely to see a greater acknowledgement and it's great to work with a team who are so passionate, so capable and so creative at articulating our charter through our content and our offers for audiences. Look, I was going to get to it a bit later, but we might as well get onto it now. Um, let's talk about the butterfly effect, which is a, a very cool name. Um, <laughs> and the, how did what was the sort of methodology behind SBS figuring out these figures? I think it was um, 36 percent uh, savings on linear and twenty percent savings on BVOD for advertisers. Yeah, we we were really delighted with the response to the butterfly effect, and we've spoken about it before, but we've been able to bring, bring a little bit more rigor to the numbers and make it a compelling offer. What it really reflects, Callum, is that we have a unique audience with very low overlap in terms of reach between us and the commercial free-to-wear operators, which means that for, you know, for a, a low-cost incremental investment, advertisers are able to create real ROI through incremental reach. So instead of an overlapping ad spend across our competitors, if they divert a small portion of their funding to SBS linear and on demand, they get incremental reach, which gives them incremental value. And I think you know, the, other, the other important point to make about the lack of overlap between us and say seven, nine and 10 is it demonstrates that our offer is differentiated and that audiences are seeing value in our offer. And Tanya, I guess at the same point, how does that sort of um, relay onto NITV and some of those uh, other offerings there? Well, you know, we are a channel as made by our community. So the impact um, goes direct back into the community. So investment within um, any Indigenous content across SBS and within NITV goes back into employment, goes back into, um, you know, uh, people being, you know, First Nations communities and the impact we have with being able to see ourselves included. Um, you know, I myself, beautiful Aboriginal women reading the news and, you know, the power of potentially of what you can be and seeing yourself included. Um, you know, I grew up in an Australia where I didn't see myself and that stood out. And the fact that we have our content um, that's consumed across all of the network as well now. So you can see us on food, you can see us on virus, and you can see us on the main channel in prime time. And that is getting us um, out to a wider Australians. So not just us seeing ourselves included, but other people seeing us included. So that impact um, to society. And, you know, when you got a government, when they started their term indicating, um, you know, we're committed to a voice to uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to parliament. So the shift immediately is happening. Um, so not just within our communities, but the wider Australian community as well. So there is the economic benefit, but also the greater social benefit of this effect of what we do as a, a player in the market. So it is, um, you know, it is really life-changing for us. And Tanya, you, you mentioned the referendum there. What, what, how is that sort of going to be covered on the SBS network? And I guess how will the issue be highlighted 
in in the lead up to it, I understand that um, SBS can't take a specific view, but I guess you're obviously going to have a big role to play in that. Absolutely. It's about providing informative um, programming or in news and current affairs. So to ensure that we are delivering the full depth of the discussion and also being um, a source of leadership when it comes to myth busting um, either side of um, any sort of discussion. So we're a trusted source of information, both with First Nations communities, but also our wider network um, through all our various offerings. We deliver Indigenous news and then we can deliver that news out into the 60 odd different languages um, that we do with SBS audio. So that means that you're you're trusting the information because it's coming to you in the source of your language that you trust. So we will, you know, we can do that. No other player in the market can do what we can. So we'll of course be covering the discussion, but we'll also be informing Australians of what First Nations peoples want and think and consider in this moment, which is quite exciting. We haven't had a referendum in this, um, you know, generation in this way where you can have a trusted source of media. Um, yes, we have the depth of growth of um, social media and all those opinions out there, but we're very well established as an organisation to have an Indigenous-led um, NITV, an Indigenous-led news and current affairs, and then across um, our entire network. So we will be ensuring that we're providing accuracy, truth and trusted information that all Australians can connect to understand when they have to make that decision. Um, you, you've been with uh, NITV that whole 10 years, um, and we'll be celebrating that on the 12th, the 12th of December. Um, be interesting to get your thoughts, Tanya, on, I guess, how you have seen NITV progress and move further into the centre of this industry's consciousness during that time. Oh, I love that. I love, I'm glad we got to um, um, have this question asked, actually. It's, it's, I've been with the channel, actually, since the very inception back in 2007, when it didn't have access into Australian homes, when it didn't have um, a map or a way forward. And when we were able to get it onto SBS and become a part of, you know, what really is like um, its natural home, the multicultural broadcaster in that sense. It's um, in 2012, um, getting it switched on was a dream to be able to get into every Australian home. But these last 10 years was to actually, you know, build it to make sure that not just our communities, First Nations communities wanted to connect with it, with it but those Australians in their homes actually switched it on. And, um, you know, our audience, uh, our data is showing that, uh, you know, it's our fastest growing audience. So that's really exciting. And to see the shift in Australian media in general, like our content is not only just desired, but it is winning awards. It is winning Logies. It is winning Walkleys. It is winning Promaxes. And that's Indigenous made content. So it's um, not just the right thing to do, it's the entertaining thing to do and informative thing to do and the educating thing to do. So that's really exciting. And it does give me hope when there is so much um, still that we need to do to improve, um, you know, our living, um, you know, it is, there's challenges for us every day as First Nations people. There are massive issues that we are still needing to address as a nation. But one thing we can all consider where we are doing it well is in this space 
use of storytelling and the power of media and having a trusted source of information to inform you um, and how we play a role with education, our education resources, our podcasts, our other ways of delivering content across the entire SBS network. So these last this last decade of really cementing who we are, what is an Indigenous channel, and then this next phase that happened in the last couple of years of what is Indigenous content across all of SBS and how we deliver that um, to, you know, the fastest growing populations within Australia, um, you know, is something that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we, we can all be proud of that it's not just the right thing to do. It is the um, something that's really making a huge difference. But for me as a co you know original content maker, um, it is great that it's connecting to people. And then I guess on a on a um, a personal sense as well, Tanya, you're perhaps the most senior First Nations media executive in this country or this, this nation. What what's that sort of been like over the last few years? Well, it's it's been um, a privilege to be in this position. It's been incredible honour to help forge a path that I know. Um, many had gone before me to get me into this position. You know, I do stand on the shoulders of an industry that has been many, many decades um, fighting for our voice to be heard and to actually be in a room where I'm not only making decisions on First Nations content, but influencing what is the most important broadcaster in Australia, SBS. So to be at the executive, to be able to give opinions from a First Nations perspective and influence that, um, we are a global player. That's incredibly exciting. Um, First Nations stories and contents, not just for Australians. The world is looking at us. You know, we have sustained and survived. Um, we are the oldest continuous culture on the planet, and there's a reason for that. And to be able to get to a point where more and more Australians and more people globally want that information is incredible. Um, so I feel very lucky, but it has been, um, you know, it's it's been a force. It's been a force. We've had COVID. Um, we've had uh, Black Lives Matter. We've had opinions. We've had, um, you know, the Scanlon Review indicated last year, the rise of racism, those challenges. But, you know, to be a part of a team um, and an organisation that is extremely supportive and, um, you know, has given us the opportunity to really be who we need to be. Um, you know, that inspires me every day and has kept me burrowing through um, what I do. So, um, yeah, it has been yet 10 years. Um, that December, it was great to hear on Wednesday the room cheering that that celebration is not just a First Nations celebration. The fact that, you know, SBS um, worked with us as an Indigenous organisation, how are we going to make NITV work? What is NITV's place? And the fact that all of SBS, you know, when we launched, we said we're proudly part of SBS. And I quite feel now SBS is proudly part of NITV and audiences are also proudly part of this story, which is an incredible feeling and legacy to be a part of. And then, um, James, uh, on a sort of similar note, we have um, 18 months since the launch of Beyond 3%. Um, be inter interested to hear, I guess, you know, from a commercial sense, how that's tracking um, what it's predicted to, to look like, I guess, maybe 18 months further down the line. And so that some of those conversations that you're having with um, some of these really big Australian brands that are involved. 
Yes, it's um, it's been incredibly successful for us in, in no small part because due to the, the leadership and, 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 and Tanya's vision for what the network can be. And of course, our incredible media sales team who have got really fantastic relationships with, with their partners. It, what it's done tactically is, is allow us to grow revenue into Indigenous content in NITV quickly. And, you know, the projections out 18 months show, you know, us being able to find value for our partners who are really keen to support reconciliation and who are very keen to align themselves with high quality premium content made by and for Indigenous Australians. And which of course is of interest right across our network to all of our audiences. And, uh, and, and it feels to me like an offer which, which was really sorely needed by the market. I'd make one important point about Beyond 3%, Callum. It's not just about SBS and NITV extracting money from the market. It's an offer that's open to all Indigenous platforms. One of the things that mm -hmm. I'm so proud of is that the Beyond 3% showcases all Indigenous platforms across the country and encourages advertisers to invest an increasing amount of their total media spend, ideally up to 3% over time, with any of those fantastic Indigenous production and media and broadcast partners out there. And, and I'm pleased to say that thus far that has worked. We're aware of a number of platforms that have received additional money alongside NITV or separately from NITV as a result of that initiative. That's, that's a contribution to allowing Indigenous storytellers to tell their stories in an authentic way. And it also allows all of Australia to engage in Indigenous storytelling for positive representations of Indigenous creativity and culture to be shown on television screens, for it to be a much bigger part of the cultural narrative of this country. It's a fantastic initiative. We're really grateful to the support we've had thus far. And we've got big plans for the year ahead. And then um, in terms of in terms of some of the similar stuff that um, SPS is doing, we mentioned, I think the SPS was talking about the percentage of Australians that speak a second or third language um, in their homes. James, speaking to um, a couple of media buyers following the event, it was, it was it was the question was kind of posed to say, you know, at what point would SBS consider marketing in some of those second languages? Is that is that something we could potentially see on the networks at some point? Well, it, it's something that we we already do across the network, and uh, we do extensively. We already uh, provide advertisers the opportunity to advertise in, in many, many languages with SBS. And uh, we have services to help those advertisers uh, re-express their advertisements in different languages. We already broadcast, obviously, in 60, 60 languages, Callum. And, and, and in fact, in SBS On Demand, you can create a user identity in, in one of six languages now, including English. And so, so the new offer that we've taken to market, Cultural Connect, is about a, a much more coordinated effort which brings together our relationships and understandings of the different cultures we serve, who, who trust us, uh, and to assist brands to customise and target their advertisements to particular communities based on the needs of, of their clients. And so we, we sort of have this unique repository of understanding of the diversity of Australia and the different needs of different community groups. We also have exceptional reach into many language groups. It's, it's not uncommon, Callum, for us in particular language groups to be reaching 70% of that population on a weekly basis across our network. Mm -hmm. 
they're, they're the sort of reach figures that, that networks, you know, dream about. And we can say that about multiple language groups. And, and if you've seen the recent census data, you'll see that Australia is becoming ever more multilingual. And so Australia is and will be a deeply and meaningfully multilingual nation. This is both an opportunity and a challenge for brands who need to be able to reach audiences and their customers authentically. We think we're yep. uniquely positioned to assist with that. So let's um, backpedal a little bit to a conversation we kind of started on earlier. Let's talk a little bit more about SBS On Demand. Um, you mentioned uh, that kind of destination or premium environment, James, and that was uh, one of the kind of main points that Adam Sadler framed in the the, the conversation. It was around the, the, the start of those two BVOD markets. And, you know, as we're talking on Friday, we're seeing the launch of Netflix's ad tier today. Um, that will have around the same ad load as uh, SBS has, I think, per hour around five minutes. Uh, it'd be interesting to, uh, I guess, just have you talk a little bit more, James, about why you think these will be those split markets and why, I guess, SBS falls into that latter as the sort of destination streaming market. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our strategy has always been to be highly differentiated in the BVOD space, a premium content offer, world-class digital experience, and a low clutter, low minute environment. And so the first thing I'd say about the entrance of Netflix and others is that it's a validation of our strategy. It's a recognition that that's an important part of the, the ecosystem to be operating in as, as the ecosystem has matured. It certainly will provide more competition, but we welcome the competition in part because it endorses the important role that premium video environments play for advertisers and for audiences alike. And so I think we're seeing a, a, a creation of two markets, the premium end, which I've described, and then the end, which I, I assert that the commercial free-to-wares play in, which is much more about using their BVOD platforms as, as live streaming destinations to replace uh, linear consumption and with a much higher ad load, which replicates their, their linear offer. I'm really comfortable with the position in the market that we occupy. Uh, I'm really encouraged by the increased competition. You know, SBS On Demand has over 15,000 hours of premium content. If you go to the Apple App Store right now, Callum, you'll see that it's the highest rated streaming platform in the country, which is mm -hmm. no small feat for an operator the size of SBS. And I think it's, it's a real endorsement of our strategy and a source of comfort for us as, as we move into next year. I think we, we sort of, you know, the, the, we talk about that that linear market, and we're seeing share decline across all the players. Does that is that a concern for you? Or is I guess with the strategy increasingly kind of focusing on that premium environment that SPS on demand offers, is that not as much of a concern? No, Callum. Our strategy has always been to be where audiences want to be, and so. The development of SBS On Demand has been the work of many years. And our, our philosophical view is that we have, we, have, we have no concerns about where audiences wish to consume our content. What's important is that they want to consume our content, they know what we stand for, and that we have a world-class offer waiting for them where they want to be. And so what we've been able to do over time is, you know, effectively cannibalise ourselves which is to allow people as they shift off linear platforms to find value in our digital platforms, which means that overall we're larger than we've ever been before, which is, which is not something that a lot of operators, particularly legacy media operators around the world can say, 
but we've been very successful because we have seen that as an opportunity for us to ensure that it's us cannibalizing ourselves and not someone else. I like that um that term cannibalizing yourself. You said it's I guess it's a it's framed in a different way that you do see some of the um the networks talking about that transition and you know again speaking to um a media buyer yesterday they they sort of framed the um the research that was evidenced in the butterfly effect as you know something that has been already you know known to the market and everyone is aware of but I guess sometimes it gets forgotten to put into action what do you think it is about this year and do you think maybe maybe that's why SPS has come out so bullish this year um that will actually change and see those incremental um I guess shifts in budget happening Callum, there's a very basic story about being able to engage with, our, with the market directly. COVID has been a difficult time for complex messages to be sold. I think we've seen that over time as we built our content repository and on-demand, we've had the, the slow grind of improving user experience for both advertisers and for, for consumers alike, that, that, that we're at a scale now where people notice that we're taking a, a, a good share of market consumption We've got incredibly strong audience feedback coming through platforms. And so I think there's, there's an acknowledgement that this is our time and that we, we must be part of advertisers' media mix. And I think also, Callum, there's a strong understanding that our purpose is of value to clients and to the country. We are, we are very proud about the array of content we provide. We're very proud that we allow all Australians to see themselves reflected in the cultural output of this country. We are incredibly proud of the jewel in the crown of SBS, which is NITV, which Tanya spoke so passionately about. And there's acknowledgement uh, of, of our partners that for this country to succeed, everyone needs to be part of that success story. Everyone needs to feel they genuinely belong in this country. And we are an offer which which lives and breathes that in everything we do. And look, I'm going to make a couple of uh, stretches here just because I do want to shoehorn this topic in. Um, you speak about the, the jewel in the crown and another jewel in a crown would potentially be the FIFA World Cup in the sporting calendar, um, which is coming very shortly, which I'm personally very, very excited about um, having, having two teams in it, uh, Australia and England. Um, and then you also speak about representation on the screen and the SBS launched a, a, a fantastic um, promotional campaign for that, uh, I think, last month. Um, we know it's already sold out in terms of uh, advertising spots. It would be, I, I guess, great to hear from both of you what you sort of think or what SBS is, um, I guess, expecting to deliver for clients. And then on the other side, how consumers um what they can expect this year after you know we, we all know what happened last time out um with the world cup coverage yes and indeed i'll note that our world cup coverage last time was exemplary and and world class and and you should expect more of the same from us this time around we have all rights exclusively every of the games we played on linear and on our on our on SBS on demand, expressed not just in English but in other languages as well. The campaign really exemplifies who we are as SBS through the lens of the World Cup. Different fans connecting with their teams in their own ways, with their own families, against their own cultures, but all connected by the love of and engagement with the beautiful game of football. Particularly this year, what you'll see is, in, in addition to an extraordinarily linear offer, you'll see a BVOD offer via SBS On Demand, 
which is built around the World Cup. And in fact, we issued a, a release overnight for IOS, which, which will really bring uh, the World Cup to life and, and on, on other platforms too, allowing people to engage in the matches and mini matches and a whole cornucopia of other content built around the premise of the World Cup. For advertisers, they're going to get what they always get from SBS, which is exceptional activation and, and delivery in, in a premium safe environment and and an engaging offer to consumers who can come in and find what they're looking for and get really excited about the world's biggest sporting event. Um, I guess we'll we'll touch on um, SBS Connect before we uh, kind of look to wrap things up. Um, SBS is sort of leaning into the automated tr TV trading market with um with the launch of this product. Um, I, I guess was what, what was what sort of brought around this was it a sense of necessity or um, catching up or is this just the way things are going? I mean, we um. I think we heard from Nines Michael Stevenson at the start of, uh, I think the first, up, well, the first network up front saying that the hold codes are transitioning much quicker to this sort of automated try, uh, buying um, platforms. James, what, what, what was sort of the, um, the case there? We're always trying to optimise the buying experience. Uh, we really want to make sure that we can provide, you know, a low friction engagement opportunity for our clients that they can access and optimize benchmarks and inventory right across our network. Iceland, SBS Food, SBS World Movies, off-peak inventory on SBS Main Channel. We want to be able to help clients ensure that they're getting a good ROI and to make sure that, that the buying experience is matched by the consumption experience on SBS. And then um, uh, I guess just finally, uh... Tanya, we'll start with you. What, what I guess, would you say is the most exciting thing about um, SBS in, in 2023? Oh, how can I hone in on one thing? It's, uh, I think the most exciting thing is absolutely everything. For us, um, the content has shifted gears yet again. So as far as First Nations content, you know, we're having more of our observational documentaries, but really, um, you know, responsive programming to what audiences want with First Inventors, understanding this land that we're all a part of, you know, the 60 odd thousand years science and what it can teach you today, like First Inventors is phenomenal television. And I can't wait for more Australians to see that. And also delivering more of our kids content. Um, I just love what we're into doing in the space with Al Jarjum. So Burumbi Kids um, is really beautiful series shot up there in the Big River country in the Northern Territory of Catherine. And I can't wait for audiences to connect. And, you know, that's what's really important with what we deliver. We start young. So the, the connection, most of us with families and, you know, the kids and they, they just want to connect and, you know, they don't see the world any different they all see each other as one and so we're in there with that our children's offering is something for everybody so if I can do a call out that would be our Burumbi kids and our children's content but also something for you would be first inventors Brilliant. and uh, and James the the same one there you know my most excited that SBS has never been in a stronger position 
and there's never been a, a better understanding of who we are amongst our audiences. I, I love reading uh, the, the views of, of our partners who have attended at Outfronts because I, it gives me a sense of whether our message has landed. And yep. I've never seen um, feedback from Upfronts, which was so aligned to the messages we're trying to send about the role we can play, about our differentiated position, and about our incredible audiences who are coming for the biggest and best content lineup we have ever had in the history of the organization. Not many media operators can say that, but SBS has never been stronger, more, made, more motivated to give incredible value to audiences and more motivated to engage our partners in meaningful conversations and to connect them with audiences they can't reach anywhere else. Well, it's been um, it's been great having you both on the podcast today, and I want to wish you wish you luck for the Melbourne event today and uh, for the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Thanks, Callum, and look forward to seeing you at LRA. <laughs> yeah, very much. Look forward to that too. And that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the Upfront podcast series and also hope that uh, whatever it was, you got something out of them. Always keen to hear feedback, so let us know if you enjoyed it or if there's something else you'd like to hear next time. But for now, we'll be back on Thursday for the news chat and a conversation with WPP's Rotoseg and UM's Anathea Rise. See you then.